Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Gear up, Dolphin fans, because it is about to be a wild offseason. Jake and Josh are piloting this ship as we prepare for a new era of Miami Dolphins football. If you don't already, follow them on Twitter at jmendel94 and at Houts. Help our community grow by hitting the subscribe button and leaving a review. We thank you all for the support. Now let's talk some football. The Rams are Super Bowl champions. Mike McDaniel is officially the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. But most importantly, before we get into all the news surrounding the NFL, welcome into Finsider Radio. Welcome back. It's been a couple days. On the top, the most important news that we have, Joshua Houts. The house has gotten a little bigger. Congratulations, man. Your third baby girl. How you feeling? I'm doing about as good as anyone can now that they have three women, you know, little <laughs> humans running around. Um, obviously, the little one's not quite there yet, but dude, it was a roller coaster. It felt honestly like an episode of House MD, but I'm just so glad that everyone's healthy, thanking God. And my wife was a real MVP. So glad everyone's healthy. Stoked that there's another little house daughter running around. And um, I'm definitely going to have my hands full moving forward. Another person in the world is now going to be sad about the Miami Dolphins. You you love to hear it. You absolutely love to hear it. But Josh, it's been it's been a little while since we did this. You know, I spent the weekend in Boston. Uh, it, we we've been busy, 
But throughout all of this, man, our DMs have been so active because we've been talking about Mike McDaniel becoming the coach. And it just seemed like in that press conference, there was so much energy that, you know, we're recording this on Monday night and we still feel like there's so much to talk about and so many stones left unturned that we're going to get into that. But Josh, before we do that, do you have any thoughts on the Super Bowl? Uh, I mean, OBJ looked awesome. Cooper Cup looked awesome. You can kind of tell, hey, maybe it's a good thing to have good players on your team. Call me crazy on that one. Uh, but you see the importance of having, you know, one, two, three different guys you can throw the ball to. And even sometimes then it's not enough, especially when you look at a team like the Bengals, who couldn't really find their offensive rhythm for like 70, 80 percent of that game. Yeah, I guess it goes back to what we talked about in the previous podcast. I mean, this kind of unfolded the way we said we weren't truly rooting for Joe Burrow because we always are going to have yep. him tied to the Miami yep. Dolphins. It was nice to see Matt Stafford go out there and that Rams team. I mean, I don't know if you saw it, Jake, but all day long Dolphins Twitter was going back and forth. You know, would it be worth it to win a Super Bowl the way the Rams did where you pretty much, you know, traded away all your draft capital, went out there and got those, you know, primetime players and filled them in with some of those mid-range draft picks? Hell yeah, man. If we win one yep. Super Bowl and that's all it would take, I mean, some Sign me up for that. But I mean, this was just another, again, we talked about before, it was just a breath of fresh air to see two different teams in there. I know everyone keeps saying, Joe Burrow, it's okay. You'll be back. But uh, we as Dolphin fans know that's not true. Yeah. Dan Marino's living proof of that. Another quarterback in their sophomore season. And dude, I think like that's such a great point you just made because I think so many people focus so hard on that aspect of football, the team building. Don't get me wrong, man. Like this is I guess I'd rather watch the Dolphins win games, but I really enjoy this this time of year where you're putting together a team. It's a little mad at me, uh, but overall, man, the roster building aspect of football is so much fun, so important, but it is absolutely so silly to think that you wouldn't uh, put your future up to grabs if you can have something definitive today. And with that, man, you don't know what the future holds. You don't, you don't know who's going to develop. You don't know who's going to get hurt. You don't know who you're going to trade for. So like, that's such a, like, tough argument to have because just because you're investing uh there's dumb investing in and good investing no matter where your dominoes are falling right so i i think that is always kind of a weird argument to say like they're throwing away the future i mean we don't know which quarterback is going to want to leave next or which team's going to be needy for x y and z i just think the nfl is so fluid and if a team wants to do something, we never hear the stories of, you know, so-and-so was going to go somewhere, so-and-so wanted to do this, but they just couldn't make it work. Somehow, some way, all these people couldn't make it work. That's not something we hear often in the NFL. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, again, I think as Dolphin fans, you know, for all the years of mediocrity we've suffered through, I mean, to think that you would, you know, not give it all up for just that one mm -hmm. Super Bowl win, I mean, that's absolutely crazy. The one thing, sorry if you hear the newborn. She agrees. Yeah, she does. She knows what I'm talking about. Um, the one thing that stuck out to me, Jake, before we move on, is just how many of these, you know, leaks came out. Aaron Donald was going to retire. Uh, Sean McVay was going to retire. I mean, uh, those things coming out before that game. I mean, that was just wild to me to think that mm -hmm. what Sean McVay at 36, you know, after becoming the youngest coach to ever win the Super Bowl, would just ride off into the sunset. I mean, they're building something special there, no matter how they went about it this time. Um, but again, I think these two teams are two of the best in the league, and I was happy to see this game come down to a much different way than what we've seen over the last few years. Yeah, everyone wanted to retire. I had to look in the mirror and ask myself, am I retiring? And it was weird. I, I have not seen something like that where everyone was like, yeah, we're all half leagues and retire after this game. But we're not here to talk about the guys who aren't going to be in the league. We're here to talk about the future, Josh. And it's finally time. I was there. I was loaded onto the Dolphins YouTube 20 minutes early, just in case, just so I could see, you know, the interns or whoever may be just adjusting chairs and things like that. Uh, before Mike McDaniel officially became uh, the 14th coach 
in team history of the Miami Dolphins. Man, I love this interview because it wasn't corny. It was real. It was raw. I mean, he was nervous as hell up there. And I'm not saying that as a bad thing. I'm saying as, as a real thing. He wasn't trying to hide his emotions. He was being himself. And I mean, to me, man, I think that's where you, you know, you, you see what Stephen Ross and, and Chris Greer kind of mentioned where they wanted to talk to a bunch of different people. I mean, Mike McDaniel can light up a room and, and he doesn't have to be on top of his game to do it. He just has that charisma to him that maybe... You know, I could listen to him for five, six hours. That could just be because I'm a biased Dolphins fan. But even if it wasn't football or even if it was some, like, outrageous comment, I mean, he always had something interesting to say. It wasn't never that generic coach talk that we have gotten so used to. I mean, most of the NFL is used to. These coaches aren't, you know, paid to give press conferences. And, you know, McDaniel, I won't say ignores that, but he does what he can to, you know, keep it real. Yeah, he seemed genuine. He seemed like someone that was relatable. I mean, you mentioned him sounding nervous. I mean, that sounds like me every time you come on here to a podcast, right, Jake? I mean, that's just sounded like that. I mean, it was just nice to have a coach out there that, you know, you could relate to that. You weren't, you know, expecting their nose to grow like Pinocchio. I mean, every time Flores went out there, you didn't know if he was lying through the skin of his teeth. Now you have a, you know, a coach that at least seems to be realistic. We hear how much, uh, previous players just absolutely rave about Mike McDaniel, you know, how much he's meant to their development, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. I mean, um, you know, he might not be what we've, you know, always envisioned a head coach, but I'm excited to see what this future can entail. And based off that one press conference, man, based off of a lot of these interviews, I mean, you're ready to run through a wall, but I got to keep telling myself, I remember, you know, all the wins that Brian Flores racked up and you would continue to tell me, you know, how is this any different than those Adam Gase years? And I really don't have an answer for that. So as much as I want to sit here, you know, in Mike McDaniel, we trust. I am going to take a step back, but um, it was just nice to have a coach go out there, be honest, and you know we all felt that as fans. We all felt that. He had a lot of good things to say about Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, he spent five years uh, with the 49ers. He became the run game coordinator and the offensive coordinator when Mike LaFleur became the offensive coordinator in New York. That's a lot of coordinating going on, man. I got to tell you that. But you're, ex- I, you know, we're all excited about that. That run game coordinator you see what the 49ers have done with I guess the lack of high draft picks in that backfield how they're able to build an offensive line and Josh one of the I don't know if it was the PR guy in me uh, but there was one question McDaniel answered and it was real it was raw it was honest nothing was wrong with it but if you wanted to kind of trade some outlines and read what he didn't say um, it was about McDaniel uh, being asked if there were any red flags when considering the Miami Dolphins. And again, I'm not trying to overreact. I'm not trying to clickbait here, but this is what McDaniel had to say. Right, wrong, or indifferent, all Stephen Ross cares about is winning. And as a coach, that's literally all you're looking for. So red flags? No, there are no red flags for me. That's sick. Yes, I love that from McDaniel. What a great answer. Um, I think we know how much Ross invests. I don't think anyone's ever doubted that. But man, when you see right, wrong, or indifferent, all he cares about is winning. Literally two weeks after a scandal potentially rises to the surface about him willing to tank and, and pay coaches to tank. I mean, reading between the lines, if I'm PR with the Dolphins, I'm reading that like, oh my God, like he could have, that's not the greatest thing to be said there. Was I just overreacting a little bit here? I mean, you're probably right. But I mean, in that moment, I think when I first heard it, it just felt almost like a mic drop, you know, like everyone's sitting here expecting him to say, yeah, you know, I had concerns that we were going to lose draft picks. You know, I was worried about Stephen Ross, you know, stepping on my toes and making some of those decisions and, you know, overseeing things differently. I mean, to me, I just think that this was the perfect answer. I think the way he said it, you know, um, 
had me honestly believing in Stephen Ross and company. But Jake, what were your thoughts on this new order of command? Because, you know, when I heard Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel were going to be answering to Stephen Ross, and I think they even said Tom Garfinkel, my immediate thought was, what the hell is going on? It had me feeling queasier than Joe Philbin calling a random ass timeout versus Green Bay. So um, I had to throw that reference out there, man, because I mean, I, I it just seems like every time the Dolphins bring in a coach, you know, there's some order to this, you know, regime or, you know, who, who they answer to that just seems so stupid and ass backwards. And here Tom Garfinkel might be at the top of that next to Steven Ross. I mean, I don't know, man, how, what were your thoughts on that? It's just, I guess the thing that's a little frustrating. You you met Garfinkel though, right? You might, you might be biased. Didn't you meet Garfinkel? I forgot about that. You might be biased. (laughs) His, uh, his phone went off when he was talking with us and I'm pretty sure Biggie Smalls was his uh, ringtone. If it wasn't Biggie Smalls, it was something along those lines. I I don't want to lock that in. And, and he, he wore it, you know, he was, he was, you know, he didn't hide it or anything. It was a fun moment for all of us. He's a, he's a cool dude, but man, you know, Mike Tannenbaum, Chris Greer, it just seems like, Steven Ross always has that, you know, guy in the sidecar of his motorcycle who's going to be whispering in his ear, kind of just giving him thoughts on how the team should be ran. And I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if it's a bad thing. Obviously, it hasn't worked out in the past. Uh, but man, I mean, it just seems like every time that we feel there's going to be some sort of like uh, consistency, some organization, things change just a little bit. And you just wonder why Garfinkel is where he is, why Greer is no longer there. Hell, why Tannenbaum isn't no longer there. You know, it just, you know, I guess the concern goes back to, can we trust whoever Ross is letting, you know, kind of go into his ear like that? Yeah. And I still don't know if the answer to that is yes, we can trust them, but I mean, it's Steven Ross's team, right? So I, I don't really think we right. have a choice. Um, I don't know how you felt, man, but to that for that presser to start out, you know, with um, Steven Ross up there, I mean, he was kind of fumbling around. Brutal. I was like, get this dude off the stage. And then Chris Greer, I mean, the first thing he said was, uh, yeah, I think he tried to make a joke. You know, Steven Ross took all my jokes and compliments about Mike McDaniel. So we saw some personality out of Chris Greer, but I don't know about you, man, but this just felt like a and hats. It, yeah, <laughs> this just felt like a whole different spectacle, though, to me. I mean, I don't know if I remember Brian Flores, you know, when he was signed as much Adam Gase, you know, some of those other names that came before, man, was it as you know, I guess documented throughout social media as much as this one. I mean, maybe it's because this fan base was so excited, but it just seemed like, you know, the Dolphins were just right on top of this entire thing. Following Mike McDaniel down the hallway, man, that was the thing that really stuck out to me was how he's going down there. You know, he's naming off Zonka, Sertan, you know, Madison, Ricky Williams, some of those legends. And, you know, he just lets out a let's effing go. And that to me was like, you know, he it felt like he was one of us and got my blood, you know, got those goosebumps, made me ready to run through a wall. So I don't know how you felt, man, but this just felt like the Dolphins realized that, you know, this fan base was pretty excited about this and they were going to do everything they could to make this a special day for us fans. And it goes back to how Rob McDaniel is. And, you know, you think about social media, man, it gets more popular every year. And I've never said an older sentence in my entire life. Uh, but, man, they, they make fortunes off of these, you know, tweets, these Instagram posts. And, and McDaniel's the perfect guy for it just to get everyone real jazzed up. I mean, you, you're telling me that you could have Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence slow motion shaking hands or you could have, you know, Mike McDaniel doing a, you know, a sprint down the hall getting jazzed up about Dolphin players. I mean, you know. I don't know which one I'll pick, but yeah, dude, that that's always exciting. I think it was kind of uh, you just capturing the roller coaster ride of the energy, the emotion, and I mean, man, he he's definitely the guy that has both of those things. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over two million vehicles and fifty thousand more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life 
your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Josh, I want to ask you, I mean, did you see these quotes about uh, Mikey McD on Tua? Because to me, they felt promising. But again, you read it and he doesn't necessarily say that Tua is a great quarterback. Yeah, man, I think a lot of fans, you know, immediately said, oh, yeah, Mike McDaniel, you know, play, putting his hat down. Tua is my guy. Tua is my guy. I didn't read it at that, man. I thought it was his mm-hmm. way of saying, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to put him and any player in this on this team in the right position to, you know, have success. Here's the actual quote. My belief in Tua is that he's a football player on this team that's trying to get better. And the biggest message I have for all players really is the message should be about the team. I haven't seen a quarterback win football games by himself ever. Really, he has to have somebody to throw to. He better not be getting tackled before he throws. So somebody better block, and that defense had better not allow them to score. But the biggest thing for me with two is that I want him to come in and work every day, and I'm very confident that he will. I want to provide teachers for these players. So, I mean, again, he's basically laying out a foundation there, saying he's going to do whatever he can to put all these players in the position to succeed. But um, I don't know that I read it like you said, Jake. Is this, you know, Two is my guy. You know, I'm going to go down fighting for this guy. I mean, again, I think he'll have every opportunity to succeed this season. And if it doesn't work, again, Dolphins have all the draft capital in the world that they can go into that 2023 draft class and then hopefully have their pick of the litter once again, if, if that's what it comes down to. Yeah, man, it's like the um, new age scheme for coach talk in a sense. You think about he just says to a he's a football player. You know that right there? You're like, yeah, yeah, he's a guy. He's a football player. You love it. And then you're like, wait. Wait a second. All, the, all these guys are football players. Hold, hold on a second. But it, it's kind of a refreshing way to go about the floor as, you know, all 53 guys, you know, it takes all of us, you know, all that kind of stuff. It takes a village, yada, yada, yada. He does it in a different way, right? And it gives us a different opportunity to talk about it. Man, one of my favorite quotes, I hope this is like, we've had believe in Miami. We've had trust the process. This is the best slogan I have heard since I've been covering this football team. And that's this. You'll recognize this team, even if your TV's color distorted. I mean, that is such a fire slogan. And I would love to have that caption with Javon Holland having a pick six or, you know, Jerome Baker laying the wood on a sack. I mean, those put it in our drafts now, man. That's the quote for when the Dolphins have their first highlight of the year. Yeah, and I don't know if you remember, and you're probably not old enough to remember, like, black and white TVs and, you know, some of those stations that didn't come in and they were all fuzzy. I mean, that's just what I picture, you know, just seeing these little ants on your TV that you could barely make out, just, you know, running specific plays, you know, just having that Miami Dolphins mentality, Miami Dolphins football. So, man, that was awesome to hear because, I mean, for how many years, at least throughout the Brian Flores era, we continue to say we have no identity on offense. You know, even at times on defense, we weren't sure what's going on. So to hear that, you know, he said no matter how distorted that TV can be, you know how old and, you know, grainy the picture might be, you're going to recognize Miami Dolphins football. So, dude, that was an awesome quote, and that definitely had me ready to go running through a wall. But, again, I think a lot of this press conference did, but um, I'm going to temper my expectations. He was also asked about the last 20 years of Dolphins misery. And again, it was a, it was a pretty interesting answer where long story short, he said that unless there are things we can learn from those 20 years don't matter. And that's kind of the thing, man. Like when we think about coaches and we try to compare the future to the past, to the present, to the back to the future, it doesn't make sense because everything doesn't work until it does. And everything works until it doesn't, you know, that's really in depth 
knowledge that I'm cracking on everyone, but that's just kind of how it is. Uh, and overall, man, I have to say, I think I'm pretty excited for this hire. Uh, the Dolphins, they got their offensive-minded coach. They got an interesting coach. And he also brought up a good point that, you know, they're talking about schemes and how they're going to use players. You know, they, we talked about, you know, that use bringing in Charlie Fry was great for Tua. Uh, he had this note about that coaching staff in Washington that kind of developed RG3 there into a complete monster in his rookie year. Um, he brought up the X's and O's to that, talking about how the staff in Washington ran so much zone read with Robert Griffin III, and yet none of those coaches had any history. Like, they studied this all through the offseason. This wasn't something they brought in the experts or guys who have done this in the past. They just watched the tape, learned about the tape, and, and kind of picked things away from it and had success. I mean, to me, man, that – that right there is the home run quote of the entire press conference. That is the prove it to me quote of this game changes so often players develop so often and change their style of play to finally have a coach who at least history says can recognize and acknowledge and change and develop. I mean, the Brian Flores scheme, Josh was, if you don't play my way, if you don't like my way, get out. And I'm not saying that can't be successful, but I mean, I feel like there's a little more room for error taken at this uh, street. Yeah, and let's, I mean, it just goes back to Mike McDaniel's, you know, background. I mean, he's by Kyle Shanahan's side. You know, it's been this whole collaborative effort. So I guess the thing I would say, man, is that stuck out most is you mentioned it. The fact that they sat there and they completely, you know, manufactured this entire offense around RG3. I think he won rookie of the year that year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. I mean, right. they implemented his own read. You mentioned it. They said they had no, you know, understanding of that whatsoever. Didn't go to any clinics, didn't do anything. They just did it the old fashioned way, you know, pen and paper and figured it out. So, I mean, when you can hear that they can, you know, work a system to, I mean, you look at it in San Francisco, man, they're winning games regardless of who's that quarterback. I mean, Kyle mm -hmm. Shanahan's had success with what Jimmy G, you know, Matt Ryan, I, uh, Washington with RG3. I mean, they've done it with different quarterbacks. So I think that's why so many fans were excited when the Dolphins did go outside the box. You know, we keep hearing, hearing innovative and, you know, an outside the box thing. I don't know your thoughts on that, Jake. I mean, the whole genius thing, I think they throw it out there way too often. But, I agree, you know, yeah. compared to the Adam Gases of the world, it finally does feel like the Dolphins may have got a genius. I know we both have been very excited about this hire, Jake, for honestly weeks. I mean, I really wouldn't expect anyone, though, if they took this job to say, you know, I'm not going to go out there and expect this Dolphins team to be back to that great team. I guess what stuck out to me, Jake, is the fact that you bring Mike McDaniel in here. He is now the only offensive-minded head coach in this division. I mean, you're going up against Sean McDermott, great Belichick, Sala. I mean, this is a guy came in here in this division. He said, I'm going to rebuild Tua. I'm going to fix that offense, and we're going to go up there, and we're going to play against some of the best, you know, all-around football teams in the entire NFL, to be completely honest. So uh, I think that's ballsy, and I think that's something we shouldn't overlook. But, man, yeah. I know it's been, what, four days, but I still feel the excitement running through my veins after this Mike McDaniel signing. And, Josh, it's only going to get better from here, right? We got free agency around the corner. We got the draft. And, you know, man, the football season just ended. But, I mean, if there's one sport that makes you very interested during the offseason, it is definitely the NFL. And, I mean, Josh, I, I do have to say uh, – Kind of hands up our bad. It was just perfect, perfect bad timing, I guess, with life, you know, getting in the way with this. But I, I appreciate everyone, you know, reaching out, wanting us to still do this, even though it's four days later. And, you know, I think it is. I think, you know, there's things you can learn by going back and, you know, watching a movie a second time, things like that. Um, you know, whatever it may be, whether you're learning that the coin didn't land on heads twice in a row from Inception or, you know, you're figuring out that Mike McDaniel is a pretty cool dude. I mean, we're here to help you with that. 
yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to say I'm sitting here, you know, stashing up content, but the fact that, you know, we did just have it, my wife and I did just have a child, you know, life's been a complete whirlwind. I mean, there's honestly a couple interviews with Mike McDaniel I've yet to see. I know he did one with Levitard, yeah. a few other ones out there that people are saying. So, I mean, at some point when life, you know, winds down a little bit, I'm, I still got some Mike McDaniel content that I've yet to see that I just can't wait to inject straight into my veins, but it just seems, you know, no matter what, publication he's going on whether he's going on espn nfl network whichever one he's going on it just sounds like you know he's saying the right things and it sounds like you know those experts and analysts you know quote unquote are feeling what he's bringing so i don't know man i'm sitting here talking about it saying that you know we got to temper expectations but it's so damn hard especially now it's 2022 season jake you know we officially turned the page onto the 2022 season and the miami dolphins are undefeated again back in the hunt you love you just love to hear about it and with that the Dolphins, Mike McDaniel, are going to start developing their coaching staff. We were going to talk a little bit about that tonight, but we thought it'd be best to kind of, you know, wait a couple days there, night or two, and kind of cut it up a little bit. So we're looking forward to talking about that, Josh. Um, give me, you know, a quick thought before you pull us out of here, what you've seen out of this coaching staff and what you're excited for, other than the fact, you know, Mike McDaniel picked them. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to throw out names. We'll talk about it on the next one, but just the fact that, you know, every se- – coordinator seems to bring in or assistant on offense you know they seem to have background with the tight end seem to have background with the offensive line I mean the run game things like that so again when you looked at this roster when you looked at what the Dolphins couldn't do last year it seems like Mike McDaniel understands that and is at least doing everything he can to bring in the right coaching staff and teachers in place to take this team to the next level what about you Jake that is kind of where I'm at I love hearing about you know the the development of tight ends uh you know offensive line because we hear just about the mastermind the genius so ed it's refreshing it's something new but josh i think that is it we're hitting 11 40 i'm getting a little tired i know you're getting a little tired so we're going to keep this conversation going uh in the next couple of days so be sure to hit that subscribe button stay tuned with us because the shows are going to be coming and we're looking forward to it and hey if you want more shows just follow us on twitter at h-o-u-t-z at jmendel94 and additionally man we have a Facebook page up. Watch out. We are finally back in 2014 and we're coming for you. I, I don't know. You set me up there for like an alley-oop and I have no idea what to say about <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> Subscribe, like the Facebook, do all those and things. And we'll poke Jake, you. Yes, because yeah, we, we will poke <laughs> the shit out of you. Jake will poke you all night long. But thank you guys so much for listening to Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh show. I'm Josh Houts. That's Jake Mendel. We'll talk to you later this week when we break down Mike McDaniel and his coaching staff. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins
my 